Well, enough people have to be watching in order for that to happen, right? That's very true. That's why I'm yeah. grateful. I only have a couple listeners. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I had more, it'd be, I'd be in the news. Yeah. You know, they'd be protesting outside my house. Man, I like that music you're playing. It's like a trip back into the 80s. Late 80s there. So like, yeah, I need to wear a blazer, you know, roll it up onto my forearms. Grab a Ferrari Testarossa. Oh, oh my God. I know. I got to be careful not to listen to that song too much because I'll get back <laughs> to drugs. Coke again. No, that's, um, that's Heat Club. They're a band I reached out to. I was like, dude, can I use your music? And I couldn't believe they hit me back. They're like, yeah, use it. They sent me a copy that doesn't get flagged on YouTube and shit. Oh, wow. That's good. How did you even discover them? I'm a big music guy. Um, uh, some people like to read and educate themselves. I like to find different music to listen to. And I just randomly found them. They only have like a couple thousand followers. They're pretty new band or just underground band and then i just i love the song so much that i just fucking hit them up took the risk does that that make you feel cool that you're one of the few who know about this band so they're like what you're kind of into it makes me feel really cool mike (laughs) (laughs) you know what i mean yeah you know i mean i i like music you know i I listen to like a big variety of it but i've never been one to hunt it out you know in terms of like indie stuff you know, would I would have to like cross, you know, my network somehow. I would never like seek out just indie stuff. I just, I just never had a desire. I'm kind of like, um, I just kind of like the hits, you know, kind of, I'm rarely like one to gamble and listen to a whole album because I don't know how it is now, but back in the day, it used to be like, you know, just the singles, the two to three singles on album, that would be the good songs. And the rest of the album was just full of shit. <laughs> And so I was just like, yeah, that's why yeah. I kind of just became like a hits kind of guy, which is probably really lame. <laughs> yeah, we're going okay. to convert you, Mike. We're going <laughs> to. So uh, you, you go on SoundCloud and all that? Yeah. So I actually used to be a DJ. Oh, so I, I didn't know make, that. I used to make music and shit on the computer. And uh, I had a SoundCloud account, but I had to pay for it to put my music up there, you know? Uh-huh. Um, so I just like stopped paying for it and just took the shit down. Well, how long were you a DJ? I didn't know you were a Mexican, dude. That's crazy. (laughs) You didn't know I was Armenian, did you? (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I was a DJ from like mid 2000s to 2010, 11, I guess actually into 2012. Oh, you were in it for a while, man. Yeah, I mean, most of it was bedroom DJing. I was more producing. (laughs) And no, but I did some gigs, a lot of house parties. um, And honestly, I just, I got more into the party life. 
I mean, it kind of goes off the song. You know? Well, I mean, kind of, I mean, that's kind of one of the perks of being a DJ, isn't that you're the coolest guy in the room. So, you know, you get, you get the groupies hanging I, on front, right? I don't, I don't know why there's something wrong with me. I always, I've always wanted to be the coolest guy in the room. I think that's every guy growing up, isn't it? Now, <laughs> oh, even no, now. No, no, no. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, dude, from a young age, my mom's got pictures. I would dress up as like characters in movies like James Bond, Indiana Jones to school, to Target, <laughs> to church. You know what I mean? Like I didn't I just always wanted, I guess, to stand out, but maybe feel cool, you know? Uh-huh. Well, to be fair, James Bond has a classic three-piece suit look anyway, right? That'll go good anywhere. But no, but, you know, I was the same way growing up. I mean, I'm not that way anymore. But, yeah, I mean, that's the whole reason I got into breakdancing when I was 12. You know, I just, I remember I was at uh, I was at school and, you know, I was playing basketball. I was a big basketball guy, you know. I was a basketball guy back when Jordan was in his prime before his first retirement. And I was already playing uh, b-ball that time. So I was obsessed with it. It was just all about basketball. And I remember I hit the sixth grade, 12 years old, I was playing ball. And then I noticed there was this crowd where all the hot girls were. I mean, it's, it's kind of weird to say hot girls are 12 years old. Hey, I was 12 too at the time. So it was nothing wrong with that. No, but I just remember, um, yeah, there were all those hot girls there and they were just watching these guys, you know, break dancing. And it's like, oh, okay, that's what I got to do then. You know, it's like, I don't, you know, I can drop this boss basketball stuff. Let me go do that. And then that's the, whole, the only reason I ever did it. Cause I just wanted to be cool. So the girls would like me and, you know, and it, it really showed in, you know, the, how low my ceiling was in terms of break dancing. Cause I learned, I'd learned about two moves. I did the caterpillar and a Russian kick really well. And that was enough to get their attention. And I just stopped there and bother learning anything else. Cause it was, it was merely just, you know, means to an end. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, could you do the worm? I could. Yeah. That's what the caterpillar is. You know, that's the crazy thing is, um, you know, this is 1992 when I was 12, like some of the names, they were really different compared to like what people call now, like, yeah, Caterpillar is what everyone knows as worm now. And uh, what we used to call uh, continuations, uh, people either refer to as windmills. Some people even call it flares. I mean, I'm getting deep into the weeds here in terms of uh, B-boy. But yeah, it was interesting how, you know, all the terms um, really change. And, you know, I would surprise people every now and then when I would bust out the terms like, yeah, you know, I was a B-boy, you know, for a limited amount of time there. Just to, like I said, just to be part of the cool crowd and hopefully get some girls. But you know what? It did work. Actually, it did work because it got me in that circle. Hey, this may come off as a little gay, but uh, you look great for your age. 12 and 92. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, I, I yeah, like, I know. I, well, I didn't you know, know if I was a boy or a girl if that was so young. You know? <laughs> well, it's, it's those Asian genes, man. It's just, you know, you really got it. And, you know, I do try to take care of myself. I mean, I don't. I don't smoke. I, I don't drink anymore. You know, I exercise. There you go. Yeah. I'm more than happy to let other people smoke. And yeah, I mean, occasionally, you know, I, I, might, I might smoke some weed, but I really prefer edibles over smoking it, to be perfectly honest. That's, you know what? That's my goal to get to that, you know, but baby steps. I, you know, 
10 years ago, I was doing heroin. So I'm just kind of slowly, oh, well, you know what I mean? definitely the coolest guy in this room. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I had to drop that. <laughs> you see what I mean? It's a disease. I always got to one up someone or, or say something. Oh, break dancing. I did heroin. Fucking, yeah. You know? yeah. That definitely knocks me out of contention right there. So I will <laughs> say something though. You're cool as fuck with that tattoo. I've never seen it before. Cause you've always worn sleeves in front of me. Yeah, you know what? That's that's the funny thing. Thank you. Um, you know, when you first get a tattoo, all you want to do is show it off, really. But like, the longer you have it, you really just want to hide it, just because you want to take care of it. Because the more sun exposure it gets, the more faded it's going to get over the years. Oh, so for the most part, oh, I really, oh. I really do my best to hide. I mean, that's why it still like looks like it's in great condition, and I've had it for going on uh, probably thirteen years at this point. But that kind of sucks that you spend money, you have something you're proud of, but you can't even show it off. Well, you know, it's, it's you this know? one is, is just for me anyway. I mean, I've, I've gone beyond like trying to be cool at this point. You know, it's kind of, kind of just accepted who I am and where I am. And I think for me, that's kind of what helps, you know, me with stand up. Like starting at such an old age, you say, I just don't give a fuck about any of that stuff anymore. You're being cool right. and everything. I'm just, right. I'm just going to be me up there. Right. No, go hell. Because, you know, if I'm going to go anywhere with that thing, I got to be doing it by being me. I try to be anything else. You know, people can read, you know, like fakes. They can read when someone's being, you know, inauthentic. I don't even know if that's a word. And is it inauthentic? Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Is yeah, that the yeah, word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, don't ask me. I don't read, but I think, I, don't, <laughs> I think you're right, though. I know what you mean. Just someone that's not themselves. Yeah. You're pretending. You see it with the younger comedians, too. Um, I think it is better to go in comedy at an older age. You have more experiences, um, more things to joke around about. You know what I mean? When you're young, you don't know shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it definitely helps in terms of, you know, knowing what your voice is. But <laughs> I mean, the chances of me ever getting to the point where, you know, I'm going to have a Netflix special or, you know, I'll be like a national headliner, obviously times against me there. So, you know, that, that's, that's kind that's of like a catch 22. That's not true. Ronnie you don't think Danger, so? Ronnie Dangerfield didn't make it until like his late fifties or mid. Oh, you know that's a good point. That's right. He uh, he retired for a while to do. He was like an aluminum siding sales salesman, yeah. right? To try and yeah. take care of his family. Yeah. I mean, you never know, but that's you also never know. Back if you really if you really love this, you stick with it until the end. And if something happens, it happens. If it doesn't, oh well. Uh, maybe maybe there's another life. I could try it again as a black guy. I don't know. <laughs> No, I mean, my, you know, my whole take on it is, is um, it would be great if I get to that point, you know, where I'm a national headliner or, you know, if I get a Netflix special. But honestly, uh, for me, it's just kind of this is just more something I have to do It's just kind of, you know, part of who I am. It's something I've always been super curious about. You know, I was for years and years. I can't even tell you how many years I would try to write stand up, but I just never figure it out. You know, because I always loved watching it and I'd always love consuming it, even, you know, back in the days of, you know, iTunes radio, whenever I would be doing work or editing videos, I would just go to the comedy channel and listen to the stand up, you know, radio uh, station because that's how much I loved it. And every now and then I would I would try to write stand up. But I, at that point, I just didn't know how to take my personality and my sense of humor and turn that into, you know, stand up act. And then I don't know something. Something finally clicked. What was the year that COVID happened? Was that twenty twenty? 
2020. It is 2020. Yeah, 2020. Yeah. So, yeah. So, August of 2020, something just finally clicked in my brain where I was able to take this uh, story that I've been trying to turn into a stand up bit. It finally clicked, man. I was able to do it. And then once that clicked, it's like uh, something unlocked in my brain and all of a sudden the material was just pouring out of me and the, and the writing just like wouldn't stop for two weeks. And then ever since then, uh, like I'm just, it's been like fairly easy to kind of mine, you know, my life experiences, you know, my perspective, my point of view for bits and just write. So I, and now at this point, I don't really have any excuse. You know, I have to try it out and I'll get as far as I can get, but I don't know. At this point, it's just a part of who I am, like doing the stand-up thing. Would you agree for yourself? Is it just a part of who you are? Yeah. Yeah, I, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, I just I, I'm careful how I talk and. Why? Who gives a shit? <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just saying, like, I don't know if this is just a high thought, but I feel like it, and I've told like, you know, close people to me, I feel like this is like a calling, but it's, yeah, it's like exactly. a catch, but it's a catch 22 for me because like I struggle with it because I let life get in the way sometimes like mentally, you know what I mean? Like I worked all day, my day job, mm-hmm. I, you know, I had to do family stuff. Do I really feel like doing stand up after all that sometimes? No but I know I need to. So it's a catch 22 because I love this thing, but at the same time, it's very tough with my life circumstances. You know yeah. I mean? I mean, honestly, you know, I like all the credit goes out to you comics with kids, you know, that are pursuing it. Cause that's, that's, you know, that's kind of one of the things that I, I hesitate about having kids is, you know, for me, it's like, man, you know, I just started on this you know, stand up journey. And I know if I have a kid, like, a kid can't come in second in the priority, you know, ladder well, there. The kid's got to be number one. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing, okay? We look at the history of comedy and how to make it in the past. Which, can I ask real quick, is the car noise a lot? I should maybe close the garage. No, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. But, uh, okay. I mean, I don't know how much your mic's picking it up. I can hear it on my end, but. Yeah, give me a sec. Let me close the garage. Yeah, go I for mean, it. Studio door. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not, my uh, my family is still asleep. So no, I believe it, man. I was really <laughs> I gotta give you credit, man. I thought there was about a a fifty fifty shot that this was gonna push through. And you were gonna wake up still. I was gonna. I did wake up, and I was like, "Fuck, should I cancel?" I really didn't want to. <laughs> but you know what? It is better not to get off. I'm gonna get back to what I was gonna say. But it is uh-huh. better to get up early or at the same time every day. If you work and stuff for a living, I mean, if you're a professional, yeah, definitely. What I was going to say is I do think people get discouraged because they listen to comedians from that started back in the day and it was hitting all these mics and it was hitting all these shows and moving to LA and moving to New York. And I honestly think, or maybe half of me thinks that you don't have to do that anymore make it on uh make it on social media 
And if you're already practicing stand-up, you're going to be better than these social media guys that book these big headlining uh, comedy shows and they've never done stand-up. Those guys aren't going to last. But if you have a background in something, I did a show with a guy. I, I opened for him in a like a theater for all black people. It was great. And they're like, oh, we need a racist looking white guy. <laughs> and he had a character go viral online after doing 10 years of comedy. So, yeah, he does kind of to me, it's kind of. I'm not really that guy that wants to put on, you know, a costume and go out there and do some, everyone has their thing. Right. Uh But I mean, shit, maybe I need to, but, (laughs) (laughs) but anyways, you know, I think you can make it in other ways and still have the family and still have other things in life. You know what I mean? So I'm trying to get motivated and trying to figure out the social media thing, but it's tough. You know, it is tough, man. It's I've, tough. I've, had, I've had one video hit 197,000 views. Whoa. Yeah. And what was the video? It, and it was a spur of the moment video. I did it in the spur of the moment on the way to work. It was just me say, uh, roasting myself, but I'm, I'm doing it as like my son's friend. You know, like I dropped my kid off and his friend called me this. And then I it would cut to another joke. Like I kept doing little videos of just little jokes about myself and that fucking hit. And then I try to recreate that video, part two, part three, post it at the same time, do the same hashtags, thousand views, 500. This is on what? Instagram, YouTube. It's on Instagram. That's impressive, dude. On Instagram to get that many views. Also, I, I did have a TikTok and then I deleted it and started over because I wasn't getting, getting that many views. And now I've started over and I'm getting even lower views than before. And I've even had people leave comments saying, I don't know why this doesn't have more likes or views. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know what I need to do. I don't know if I need to paint myself. Well, you know, what? I mean, I mean, I'll tell you, Why? as you know, like, like I, I was a videographer for 10 years, right? And created a bunch of content, had my own YouTube channel. And, you know, one thing I can tell you is that the quality of your content, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like stand up, the quality of the content, it doesn't matter as much as we would like it to, yeah. to be perfectly honest. It's just not a pure, you know, meritocracy. You know, I mean, probably when you, you know, when you got that 197,000 views, you kind of captured lightning in a bottle. There was just right. something about it. it. They like the people, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like to try to repeat that again, yeah, that becomes um, very tough. And, I, and you know, you know the, I, I, the other video yeah. I had, uh-huh. it was a video of me. Uh, we were eating dinner in Mexico and this raccoon came up to the table. And like that video got hell of fucking views. <laughs> well, of course, like, anything involving animals, right? It's I got like a lot gonna... of followers after that. I'm like, I, yeah, yeah, maybe yeah. I'm in the wrong business. I got to start. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I got to. Well, that's the thing. Like anything involving animals, like on YouTube, anything involving cats. Yeah. Like if you want to get views on your video, that'll be it. But then, you know, if that's the road you go down, is that really what you want to do? You're going to be having cats in all of your videos all the time. You know, is that what you're trying to push out there? Here's, it's a, uh, you know, yeah, it's here's um, my, Mike, here's my bottom line question for you. Okay. And you know, this is a question I'm going to start asking comics and people, uh, you know, even other artists like rappers, um, 
YouTube, you know, video reaction people. How do you stay motivated and keep doing this without getting discouraged? Ah, okay. Um, well, I guess, you know, I never thought about that, but it is a good question. It's specifically for me since <laughs> now I spend a good amount of time overseas not doing it, right? So I'm over here trying to build that passive income this empire. Guy, this, I forgot to mention the, the comedian I have on. He's living in Wuhan, China. And, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, you know, some people want to go away from COVID. For me, it's like, no, you know where the safest place is? The eye of the storm. Right there you go. Yeah. That's where you want to be. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I don't want to get Mike killed. He's in the Philippines. Uh, yeah, I'm in, the, I'm in the Philippines trying to build an Airbnb empire over here. But yeah, you know, that's a good question. Um, well, part of it is like, it's like what I said to me, it's just, it literally is a part of like who I am. And, and and this sounds such so fucking pretentious, but you know, whenever people talk about, you know, self-expression, right. Yeah. <laughs> and when they use that term, it just makes me want to throw up. But, but that is kind of what it comes down to yeah. for me though. It is that, that it's a form of self-expression that I truly enjoy. Um, it's really, you know, the funny thing is the first time I did stand up, I don't think I really got bit by the bug. I was actually felt more challenged than anything. Like, you know, I, I did actually did really good. I had some jokes that, that killed, but it wasn't, you know, pure five minutes of killing, you know? So like for me, like my pride as a funny person was at stake. I was like thinking to myself, okay, you know what? I got to figure this thing out because I know I can be better than that. So that's kind of what kept me going back. And then, you know, as you start getting your reps in, you kind of start figuring out a little bit you start getting good at it and you start getting that, you know, confirmation that you're on the right track. You know, it's just kind of like working out when you start seeing results, that's what kind of drives you to keep going. So, yeah. you know, when I really, you know, when I started improving in stand up, and, you know, when I started getting booked and, you know, when I just started knowing more comics just because they knew who I was already, maybe they saw me somewhere and they heard of me. So I just, yeah. there was just this constant, you know, positive feedback with this validation that told me, you know, okay, Mike, you know what, you're, you're doing good. Just keep on going. And, you know, like the last time I was back, right. I was off for nine months, you know, I was overseas here building the property. And then when I got back, it's like, I didn't miss a beat If anything, you know, so like I would say I was even better than when I left. And so, and that's because, you know, even though I'm away, I'm, I'm still writing. Right. And I, I still write. So the I writing, the, the writing's big for you because with me, I like to write little things because I guess I have a little brain and then, <laughs> yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then I like to, I like the performing aspect of stand up. Well, I enjoy that too. It's just, I don't have access to it while I'm, while I'm over here. Come on, Philippines, no, get your shit together. I, Bring out more. I mean, Dave's, I mean, to be perfectly fair, there is a small, like a small community starting up. But when I'm over here, my full focus, honestly, is um, trying to build the passive income empire. That's, that's what I'm here for. Right. Cause that's, what's going to allow me to oh. go back to the States and do stand up full time. Right. Not worry about money at all. That's the, you know, that's the whole goal. How Why many, not you and I, Go how, ahead. Many, how many hidden cameras are you going to have in your Airbnbs? <laughs> Just one in the <laughs> toilet, really. <laughs> you know, you got to put over the toilet. <laughs> Every time I stay in the Airbnb, I see a lot of those articles. Every time I stay in the Airbnb with my wife, we're, we're 
making love under the sheets because I don't want to go viral on India, you know, chubby guy, American, horrible at sex, cries. Uh, in one minute, you know. They're like, man, Tom Segura gained all his weight back. Look at this. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but hey, you know what? Speaking of that, that's another thing too. I kind of want to lose some weight so I have more energy to do more when it comes to the the comedy thing because i'm not making enough videos i i need to be out there you know wearing a dress and interviewing people and <laughs> I, I don't know i got i feel like i'm not doing enough dude i'm like thank god my play, my playstation 4 just broke and that's like <laughs> that's like i think god did that he's like get out there <laughs> I don't know, like video games is a big one for me too, man. I was like, I got to get away from that. And if I want to be productive in any way, but like I say, you know, like speaking from my videographer background, making, making content on a consistent basis and uploading it, it's really difficult. I mean, there's a reason why most YouTube channels, like something like 99% of them like drop off, you know, like so many channels are created every day. It's really difficult creating content and releasing it on a consistent basis and sticking with it. That's why I, like, you know, yeah. the best advice is really just make content that you actually enjoy that way you'll actually stick with it. Well, I, I, I've made content with my wife, but she doesn't want me to post it. <laughs> is this something you really want out there? Are you proud of? No, I don't. I, <laughs> I really don't. I, it's bad. I need to get in shape first. But you know, it's just speaking of like fucking underneath the covers. Um, yeah. So we have the Airbnb property and, you know, sometimes when we're cleaning the property out, you know, people will leave things behind and uh, every now and then well, I'll find a pair of panties like hidden within the beddings. And for sure, you know, that means that they were fucking underneath the covers. It's, that's not just going to get left, you know, yeah. underneath the duvet for any reason. Like, oh yeah, they were, they were definitely fucking underneath the covers and those panties got lost in the middle of the night. Couldn't find that anymore and just abandoned the mission, never put it back on. You ever smell them? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? Of course I have. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> of course, yeah. Well, God, guys are all the same, dude. Yeah, we're gross. We're really gross. <laughs> I, I remember I, I, I went into the kitchen when I found out. It's like, hey, who wants a free COVID mask? <laughs> Put oh, a, uh, I around the table. They say. So uh, are you on the beach? No. Um, so where we're at, it's more kind of, uh, it's a place called Tagaytay. And it's uh, it's more of a mountain retreat where people won't go to, you know, get some fresh air away from like the pollution of Manila. If they want to get away for the weekend, get away for a day, enjoy the fresh mountain air, nice, cool weather. So yes, you know, so the weather here is about anywhere between probably 15 to 20 degrees cooler than what it is, you know, in the Manila area. So that, that's wow. where we're at. Yeah. Like so. Uh yeah, a little bit. Uh where's um yeah, I guess it would be like Tahoe because yeah, there's definitely there's a lake, you know. Um I don't know if Tahoe has a volcano, but there's a volcano in the middle. No, we don't have dinosaurs either. So. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been to Tahoe in a while. Man. Yeah, no volcano. But yeah, I guess you could say no. that. No. Yeah, yeah, no, but yeah, so so not not much not much into uh beaches. Wait, I mean, wait, wait, to, wait, 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 wait. You can't just go over that. Is the volcano active? 
Well, you know what? It did erupt back in. Jesus. I think it was 2019, which is really oh. good because that means it's not going to erupt for a while again. You know, oh I mean, God. every now yeah, and then. Like some, in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's like you know, every now and then, you know, some some smoke will go come out. But that's a good thing because it's already releasing the pressure. So it's not going to be a big thing. So it's going to be it's going to be a while until it erupts again. But when it did erupt, it was um, there was no real lava. It was just more smoke and things like that i mean it's it's still dangerous but i don't know like an old, it's, it's like an old guy it's like an old guy busting in that you know, yeah exactly it's kind of smoke. yeah it's just, yeah, it's just a bunch of sawdust coming up yeah. <laughs> yeah. well yeah I mean, is, there, uh, be fine. is there an uh, emergency exit plan um, there, there, there are evacuation calls, uh, depending on how close you are to the volcano and like where we're at, I don't, I don't think it's ever been evacuated. So it really depends, uh, where you are, but evacuation plan. I mean, this is the Philippines. There probably is a plan, but it's probably hella outdated and they probably don't have the equipment that they're supposed to have. And, yeah. you know, that is the problem. The problem here is implementation. Uh. I mean, you know, this is your typical third world country, you know, kind of thing. You know, infrastructure is never really a strong suit. Yeah. Yeah, that's the scary part, right? Uh, I mean, not, not, it's scary. I guess it would, yeah, if it was a natural disaster, it'd be scary. But, you know, on a day to day basis, to be perfectly honest, it doesn't really, you know, impact our lives too much because, I mean, I'm going to sound like a fucking dick here because we have money. You know, when you have money in a place like this, life is very you, good. You fucking asshole. <laughs> I know. Speaking of money, if I had money and I lived there, I would for sure <laughs> learn how to fly a helicopter and have one. <laughs> and then you can get, just get the fuck out of there. If anything happens, yeah, yeah, uprising, yeah. you know. Have you ever been on a helicopter? I'm scared to death. Okay. I almost went on a helicopter in Hawaii. So I was young and we had this huge, they, you know, they got the huge canyons in Kauai. You could take the yeah. helicopter through and check it out. And day before we hear some news, that company, they had a helicopter crash and everyone died. And my mom, oh my God. she's like, we're not going. I'm like, no shit. I never want to go in a helicopter, but uh, if a volcano is going or an uprising or, you know, fucking dinosaurs are real and they come out of the water you're out you're gone <laughs> i mean you know so i've been on a helicopter once and it was in hawaii and they're flying over the volcanoes and i was scared out of my, my mind the whole yeah. time because yeah i have a fear of heights and when you're in a helicopter yeah, i mean the, the heights is like you're confronted with it because it's just glass and that's hate, surrounding you yeah that's horrible and i hate those little <laughs> planes sometimes you'll fly oh somewhere yeah, and then you yeah. Go to the city but they have like a little plane and you and the pilot's like everything's all gonna be all right but you can barely hear it everything's gonna be did you like flying those when you were in mexico because you're married you're married to a mexican woman right like a legit mexican woman well, we're not married. I'm supposed to an I illegitimate. She's my, she's a servant. 
<laughs> I'm bro. Come on. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So she's just earning some extra cash on the side then. She's just sending money back. Right? <laughs> it's great to be able to hit people. I'm telling you. Uh, yeah. You buy someone, you can hit them. You know what I mean? Uh, you beat the shit out of her. It's great. No, this is horrible. Uh, uh, she beats the shit out of me, really. Uh, Thank God she doesn't like pegging. I'm grateful because she's well, how, she's a tall lady. How did you meet? How did you meet your wife? Anyway, I'm curious. Um, just in person, like normal people did back in the day. Uh huh. Yeah, but but where you don't want to talk about that? Well, I've talked about it on the podcast. Okay, but I've never heard it. <laughs> we uh, we met at uh, McDonald's. No. What? <laughs> like she was working the cashier <laughs> yeah no me and her were going through something so we were kind of at like a um, therapy thing and uh she just got out of a relationship and i was out of my mind on drugs and on heroin and trying to get clean and one thing led to another man i can't imagine like being addicted to a drug like heroin, that's hard to kick. Oh, yeah. Well, being fat saved me. How so? You can't find a vein when you're fat. <laughs> I'm no, no joke. I'm, I'm like, uh, I got to the point where I didn't care about really stabbing myself because the uh-huh. was so good. So I was stabbing my hands, putting a needle in your hand really hurts. But there are um, multiple ways to consume heroin, right? Right. So I started doing that and then I was kind of scared of it because I knew someone that died. And so I went to pills, which back in the day you could lie. This is where my act, this is how I know I'd be a good actor because I'd go in doctor's offices when you could still lie to them about pills. It wasn't, now they're really strict about giving up. And I go in there, I got, I got anxiety. Yeah, I just, you know, my heart just, I would really play it up. Really. And they would believe me. I think they just uh, wanted money. I mean, they're whole. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think those doctors really give a shit to be yeah, honest. I actually found uh, this Asian doctor in San Leandro that didn't speak that good of English. And perfect. They, they were prescribing me until they caught on, but they were prescribing me a huge amount. And that's what a lot of people did back in the day to make money. They would get these kids from the suburbs and they would make these kids that they knew that had money buy pills for like, you know, $20 and up, you know, some pills would go for 40 back in the day. And it was like, you know, synthetic heroin, but it was in a pill. And that's people were doctor shopping and getting it through their, their whatever, um, insurance so they're basically getting it for thirty dollars and then they're selling yes, a, and then they're selling a pill for thirty dollars and it's a bottle of ninety. So those people were making so the, bank. Yeah, the profit margin sounds amazing. Right. People were making so much money off of it and then they started regulating it. And then people started going the street stuff and then now people have fentanyl, which is I, I thank God I got out because that wasn't a thing back then. Yeah, I mean that fentanyl. It's uh, it's pretty damn crazy. Like how little bit just can, can kill you, and a lot of people are dying from fentanyl these days. They're like you know, coke laced uh, with fentanyl, things like that. You never know what that stuff's being cut with. And you remember, they remember there was that one um, story down in LA where four comics had overdosed 
yeah, or yeah. died from fentanyl. And it was funny, the funny story. I mean, <laughs> say that there's something funny about poor Codics dying from fentanyl. Is, um, I was actually in LA for, for a wedding and I was doing stand up at uh, some place. I can't remember the place, but it was the first time, um, my first time doing stand up in LA. It was just an open mic. So I get there. I go up right after the host. So basically I'm the first one up, you know, I'm working on my tight five and, you know, comics, they, they just weren't responding at all. I didn't know them. I figured they might get a little bit of a response since they didn't know who I was, you know, it wouldn't be like a typical open mic where when it's a full of comics, right, you already right. know, you're not, no one's right, fucking paying right. attention. Right? right. So I figured they'd pay attention, but I got, I got nothing. Right. So then I sit down and then as the comics go up one after another, it turns out they were all friends with the four people who died from fentanyl. It literally just happened. And they're up there just giving basically their eulogies and yeah. grieving in this open mic. So, oh, Jesus Christ, what the hell did I walk into here? I am telling my dick jokes and these guys are getting over the deaths of their close friends. It's like, ah. Yeah, I just did an open mic where uh, I felt I was hosting it and I felt bad for uh, the guy that was going up after this guy. But he ends his set with... Uh, you know, this guy just died and I want to give a toast to him. I'm like, in my eyes, I'm like, you know, maybe don't do it's it. An, set. We'll yeah, it's an, it's an it open mic, end. dude. Yeah. <laughs> we'll do it at the end or something, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. To me, you want to start with, if you're going to do something serious at a comedy thing, do it at the end. Let the comedy go. So anyways, the guy had to go up after that. I'm like, uh, I kind of, I went up the host and kind of, you know, just made a joke about the guy they're grieving. Like, yeah, I heard he had a big dick, you know, <laughs> like, you know, cause you gotta make it, you gotta make it light again. again. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. anyways, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's why, that's where, um, this podcast got real serious, by the way. No, it's um, not- spinning on the head and looking at uh, Filipino chicks, <laughs> top times, which I heard. Is- I, I work with a Filipino coworker, uh-huh. and uh, he's a character. And he uh, told me that there's girls that you can get there that are like, you know, twenty three dollars for the day. Twenty three, twenty three dollars for the day. I don't know if it's twenty three dollars. I mean, but. Like those kind of girls, man, there are just so many stories we could go over here in terms of like, you know, that kind of like getting girls that way. Like, for instance, there's I don't know if it's still this way now, but uh, that University of Philippines, Manila, the Manila campus a rumor was uh, you you would park in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. And if you left uh, like his handkerchiefs are a big thing over here in the Philippines, because you're just fucking sweating all the time, right? So you're constantly wiping yourself with a handkerchief. But if you take a handkerchief and you leave it up on your window and roll it up, a girl will come up to you and she, yeah, you'll basically just give her, I don't know, I can't remember how much it was. I can't remember how much I paid. (laughs) No, but no, um, you but that's rumored. And everyone's sweating. It just made me think stinky vaginas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it wouldn't smell good. I wouldn't recommend going down on that girl that goes up to your car. But yeah, basically, a girl yeah. would come up to wow. your car, and there would it would just be a financial transaction, and they would make it happen there. And I remember asking a friend of mine who was you who was used to go to that school, and he confirmed it was he confirmed it was 100 true. Oh. I was like, oh, this is. 
unbelievable. Yeah. And when I was hearing these stories, I didn't have a car here back then. I, I was just taking the trains because it was a viable option back then. So I was like, that's unbelievable. And, and then there was a place, um, this is kind of funny, kind of one of the most popular uh, like beach getaways like for tourists here. It's a place called Boracay. Right. And I used to work as a personal trainer at a gym here. And one of my coworkers, another personal trainer, he's from Boracay. And he was telling me, no, I was asking him because I heard this rumor that if you go, you know, on the beach at night, kind of like on the dock at the pier where like the boats are docked. And if you're a guy and you light your lighter, a young Filipino boy will come over and they will have sex with you. So I was asking him and like, and it's no money exchange too. This is for free. So I asked, you know, my personal trainer, like the co-personal trainer is like, dude, I heard this crazy rumor. Is this true? He said, it's 100% true. I was like, well, why on earth would these Filipino boys be doing it? He's like, I have no fucking idea, but it's 100% true. Because there are, you know, white tourists that come over here to have sex with young Filipino boys. I don't know how young, I don't know how young they are, but it's like, I mean, if you're saying boy, I can just imagine, you know, anywhere between like teenagers to 12 years old, I'm assuming. Where are these? Yeah. It's, where are these kids' parents? I'm, I mean, is, are I they not no, playing sports? <laughs> <laughs> it's, I have no idea. You know, should be playing video so games. What are they doing? But you know, I mean, it is, it is a third world country and that's kind of especially in southeast asia the, the creepy shit happens in the third world yeah you know it's what they call America like where we hunt that shit out you know what i mean yeah 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 you know it's, it's you know sex tourism is a big thing and you know these southeast yeah. asian countries you know like like you ever watch um, that one of your selling points for the airbnb <laughs> hey, <there's laughs> yeah, boys here. Yeah. <laughs> i know i have it but i should there you go they get on the ground. But, but you know what it wouldn't because um 99% of our book is actually from local Filipinos. We rarely get, you know, a foreigner booking these things. This is really for Filipinos who want to get away from the hustle and bustle of city life. What's better, locals or foreigners? I, I, I really wouldn't know because we don't have, we, we, we don't get booked by foreigners. We really just get booked by locals. So uh, I would guess in terms of tips, definitely foreigners. Um, you know, local locals tend not to tip in terms of, you know, Airbnbs, but yeah, quite honestly, like who tips at Airbnbs anyway, right? Right. Because like if you're staying at an Airbnb in the States, there's no, there's usually no on-site staff. Right. Uh, yeah, here it is. It's kind of a, it's kind of a necessity, but yeah, so I can't say foreigners are better just with 99% of our bookings are locals. That was a great, great deflection there. Way to take us off of that very like creepy path. You know, we were going with the conversation there. That's why you're a good host, Alex. There you go. Hey, um, okay. What's <laughs> fuck you in Filipino? Uh, probably the closest thing would be putanginamo. So it's, like, it's basically saying like, uh, it's basically like saying like, your, your mom's a bitch or fuck your mom. But, but that would be wow. like, fuck you. It's used in the same way as fuck you. Wow. What's, yeah. what's fat boy? Fat boy, uh, we probably just call you Baboy, which is pig, Lichuan Baboy, which is like a 
roasted pig, and taba, but taba, that's fat. But you know, if people want to be mean. You know, they call you lechon babo, <laughs> things like that, baboy. They call me yeah, bub, uh, boba. <laughs> yeah, boba. Yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Filipinos are really they're really great with the insults and like the nicknames. Like for instance, um, you know, they'll call some girls like hipon, which is like shrimp. That's because you know her body's good, but the face sucks. You know when you eat shrimp, you eat everything but the head, right? So oh, you know what I'm saying? Wow. Yeah, wow. yeah. So, we, they, call so that, really, we call that butter face. Yeah, butter face, right? Everything butter face. Yeah, yeah. So Filipinos are just like full of, you know, they've oh, got like yeah. and insults, right? It's what makes Filipinos, you know, very funny and like on a day to day basis. Filipinos are just sick, like, fun loving people you know they, they could be these, these could be people that are basically in poverty but you'd still see them like running around and laughing their asses off and joking and you don't really see that with the homeless in the states unless they're you know basically like out of crazed out of their mind on drugs then they'll be laughing but yeah that's what's kind cool. of uh kind of, it's kind of it's kind of like what's the strength about filipinos and it's also it's also a weakness too it's kind of you know lighthearted to a fault right right Right. I, I, I'm, you're saying Filipinos have more sense of humor than our Filipino homeless have more sense of humor than America's homeless. That's yeah. You know what? I think I feel comfortable drawing that line in the sand. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll die on that hill. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what it is. I, you know, I, I don't know why our homeless is like that. They're, they are kind I know, of. I It's like, come on, get your shit together. Man, life isn't so yeah. bad, right? I mean, ever, maybe things are a little expensive. I don't know here. I I don't know. I think, like I said, Filipinos are just lighthearted to a fault. I mean, it's like, yeah. you know, when there are like massive floods here and then, then the, news, the news helicopters would be like going over the floods and you'd see people trapped on their rooftops. And then they'll be waving high and smiling and laughing, you know, just so yeah. because they're on camera. They're just, you know, and that would definitely wouldn't happen during a flood in the States, right? So, you know, it's great in that kind of situation to still have a sense of humor. <laughs> but sometimes you got to take things seriously, too. You know, you got to get shit done. The guy's about to you. die and he's waving. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, so it's yeah. it, like I said, it's lighthearted to a fault. But I love that. You know what? That's crazy. In my opinion, and this is good news for you, and once you're done with the Airbnb stuff, you can think about this, that there's not more comedy there. You know what I mean? Like, if these people are so lighthearted and goofy, a volcano's exploding, they're dancing and drinking, Uh, comedy would strive because they like the laugh. I mean... Yeah, you know what? It is... Life's a shithole. We're in, like, a, a shitty building that could fall... You know what I mean? But, like, let's laugh. Who cares? We're alive, you know? Yeah, it is. It is starting. It is starting to bud. This guy, like I think I told you before, this guy names Alex Calleja. He's starting to bring it. It's just that um, stand up as we know it. it. You can do it. Yeah, I suppose I could. um, But like I said, at this point, like when I'm over here, my focus is really uh, building this, you know, these Airbnb properties. Like we're about to start building a bigger one or, you know, our next one. And that's really 
like I, I try to put all my focus on that because you know that's what I'm here for. And yeah, you know, the sooner cool. these things get off, get up off the ground and are operating, the sooner I can be back to doing stand up, you know, full time because I don't have to worry about money at all anymore. Are right? You so I'm moving back here or staying there and doing it. You know what? I'm probably always going to be going back and forth. Yeah. You know, because you know, I am a I am a dual citizen, so you know, I just. Wow. I don't have to stay in one place. So why, why relegate yourself ISIS? to one place if you don't have to? <laughs> I know, right? I'll make wow, a great, like you know, Bond. double like agent. James Bond. Yeah, I'll be like James Bond if anything, you know, like high level ever have happened here in the Philippines. Yeah. The Philippines is kind of like off the radar for the most part in terms of international affairs. But no, yeah, I mean, I just... I, ideally, I probably would just be going back and forth, you know, I spend... You know, spend anywhere between four to six months in the states. You know, go a hard doing stand up all over, and then you know, come back to the Philippines for a few months, relax. You know, right? Just enjoy life because you know, with stand up, you know, we we got to live life too. If you if you want material, you got to be right. out there just living life and getting experiences. Right. You know, so uh, and then you know, oh, like money would be good. You know, as more of these properties you know prop up and. You, you want to enjoy that too. You know, you want to like, for instance, you know, I'll be going to Hong Kong at the beginning oh, of September. And then in, in November, I'll be going to Taiwan and I'll probably be going to Japan before then too. You, you know, you want to enjoy these things, you know, I'm not, you know, stand up. You got to try, try massage parlors in every country. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's really cool. That's I, you know what traveling. I'm definitely going to do that in the future. Um, I kind of have a weak stomach, so I'm kind of nervous about going to some of the Asian countries and just. <laughs> and I don't have good balance. I don't know if I can hover over a hole. You know what I mean? I need a toilet seat. I need that handicap <laughs> bar. I'm not even handicapped. But I need that bar to hang on to. Well, I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll be staying in places that have actual toilets. Whether or not they'll actually have toilet paper, that's a different, that's yeah. a different story, man. So I remember I wanna, the first you time. Know, you know where I want to go is at Macau. Ah, yeah. You want those Gamble. prostitutes right there in the hotel lobby, huh? Right, the gambling. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, I was, I don't know, but I was saying that's actually the, I remember the, um, when I came back here in 2003, it was my first time back in like almost 20 years. And I, I was at the mall and I had to take a shit so bad. So I, I go to the public restroom and there's like no toilet cover and there's no toilet paper. And I would go from restroom to restaurant and there's nothing. I had no idea that that was the situation. So I had to, I had to run into the supermarket in the mall and buy some wet wipes and in order to take a shit. I had no idea. You imagine, you know, I'm running into the supermarket and I've already like gone to maybe two or three different restrooms and failed and there's no toilet paper saying so, you know, i'm basically like running over like hunched over i'm trying to hold my shit in as much as i can mm. while, I, while i buy these wet pipes and that's the thing about public restrooms here you know there's no guarantee that there's going to be a toilet cover or there's going to be toilet paper so that's kind of like the I southeast asian thing i can't just do wet wipes i need a wet wipe and regular toilet paper wet wipe regular toilet paper i like the wet and the dry i can't go full <laughs> wet you know what i mean your pants are gonna be soaked uh you know what i mean it's it, i don't know what kind of wet wipes <laughs> you'd use in bed that they're gonna be that soaked but 
I've been using wet wipes for years. And then when I started spending more time here in the Philippines, you step up to the bidet, you step up the game. Like if you really want to get clean down there, oh man, bidets. Filipinos? I don't know what it is about Filipinos, but you guys love bidets. You guys like having a clean ass. I don't know what it is. But well, yeah, I mean, there's nothing like being sure that you're as clean as possible down there. Right. You know, that, that's for me, that's, that's what it is. And like the bidets here, you know, they're not the automatic bidets, they're manual. And, you know, so you got to be kind of a sniper with, <laughs> you got to be active. You build up your skills and they, their pressure is strong. You're, it's like just bombarding your asshole oh, I can live with there, water. Dude. But oh, my God, you know, awesome. it gets so clean. Like, you know, I, I rarely have to use more than one wipe. And most of the time, the wipe, it barely has anything on it. You know, so there's just that, like, that oh. peace of mind that you're as clean as possible down there. Uh, yeah, it's like, it's. It's heaven on earth. Have you ever thought about selling bidets because you got to get sold? <laughs> I want to buy five now. <laughs> I know. I speak about it with such passion. Yeah. Right? I mean, I basically got fired at YouTube because I was drinking beer and sitting on the bidets. All the toys uh, on YouTube have bidets. Heated water. Are you, you used to work at YouTube? No, I didn't. I, I worked in the kitchen. Oh, let's do it. It's still YouTube. So you were a chef? No, no, no. I put the snacks out in the kitchen. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> it gets worse and worse as I ask for more details. <laughs> it gets lower and lower and lower on the total pool. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah, I was actually the janitor. <laughs> yeah. No, like, no. I, I hope Mike doesn't keep asking you know, these uh, questions. Yeah. yeah, I was a horrible employee, but, you know, I was on drugs. You know, I wasn't myself. And you know what? I mean, most comics are horrible employees. You know, I was always a yeah. horrible employee too. You know, I was never like a good at the full time thing. Yeah. You know, that's why I was like a videographer. You know, I would, I would freelance because you know, anytime I would, I would last anywhere between like six months to a year and a half at a full time job. Yeah. But you know, I'll always reach my limit where I'm like, ah, fuck, I just fucking can't take this anymore. You know, this routine or just you know, just being like someone basically owning my existence sounds like yeah. you're about to burn down the airbnb <laughs> <laughs> i'm sick of this no but i do that's i'm like that's why i found the djing that's why i found the comedy like i need something other than just the fucking routine of you know the day-to-day right yeah yeah i mean and that's why it's you know because you like all the comics in the Bay Area, all the comics we know. I mean, all the like the like the super successful comics you listen to the podcast. Like every single one of them, like they couldn't stand full time jobs. You know, I think right. that's part of what makes us, you know, like have to do comedy. That's what makes us comics is we just don't fit in that normal pattern that you know people you know, most people fit into that nine to five thing, you know, that you get a college degree. Okay. Now that I have a college degree, you get a full-time job. And uh, we just, we don't fit in that straight line. That's just not for us. Right. Um, A lot of people don't follow straight lines. Yeah. Essentially the San Francisco ones, but (laughs) yeah, no, I, I, uh, I get that. I get that. It's, um, it's tough. You know what I mean? But I know. I mean, I guess it kind of brings us back full circle, right? To then balancing huh? that priority of you got to provide for your kids and take care of it, but you also got to, you know, 
the stand-up thing requires a bit of a commitment too. I mean, maybe it's like, it's just a matter of, you know, setting a minimum amount of times you need to go up in a week so that you're still doing it. You know, like maybe go up like three times a week. You go off of time. Yeah. How much time are you doing a week? You know? Yeah. The thing with you, I guess, is now stock up with the writing, maybe get so good at writing, you can send people jokes or work for someone, you know, I know that's another avenue people can do. You know what I mean? Is that something that interests you? Like, would you ever write for someone else? I mean, yeah, I guess. You know, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, you know, if it keeps me in the, the realm of this, you know, um, I think you get so good. You can write for yourself, write for other people. I mean, I have people hit me up and run something by me and I go, you ever think about this? And I go, oh, I'm gonna try that. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's just working with someone, you know, um, all the big time comics do that. You don't think just actually just comics in general run shit by their comic friends. I'm sure they do. I'm sure I like people give, give each other taglines and, you know, you know uh, I mean? punchlines all the time, things like that. But like a, like a fully like form bit, you know, being able to write in someone else's voice. That's definitely, you know, oh, a very yeah. specific skill. Yeah. But also too, like, you know, I was kind of talking more about like set up punch for daily news, you know? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But even that, if you, write something for someone they can turn it into their voice Mm -hmm. well you know that's funny that's funny you bring that up because i was just listening to this um podcast with uh, christina pozitsky she was interviewing uh sarah tiana right and sarah tiana was telling the story on how she got on the show called the burn with jeff ross It's basically roasting and apparently what happened is is that jeff ross would come into she was running a, a mic or a show somewhere in LA and Jeff Frost would come in there to practice his jokes and she would just ask him oh who are you gonna who are you like trying to work on jokes for who are you gonna roast and he said oh I'm trying to roast Donald Trump so they exchanged emails and she just emailed them like as many Trump jokes that she could come up with and she just did that on a consistent basis and that just got her noticed by him and you know that ended up getting her hired on, you know, a show when he finally got another gig and he could pay her. So yeah, I think you are right. That is definitely, you know, another way to get your foot in the door. Or, you know, like you said, to stay within that realm. Um stars making me doing it. I don't know. I've never I've never been much of a roaster. Have you are you do you have that comedy muscle in you? <laughs> um I've done a couple. I mean, it's all right. I mean, I'm not really, it's not really my thing, you know, but I mean, it's worth it. Yeah, that's right. Cause that's, yeah, it's the roast seems to be a great way to get your foot in the door, you know, from, from what I see, you know, a lot of these roast battles that happen in the Bay Area, then they go up to uh, Sacramento uh, punchline and they're able to get your foot in the door down in the comedy store in LA. It seems right. to be a great way to go, but it's just, I don't know. Roast is just not who I am. Yeah. I mean, I like the roast a little bit when I'm doing stand up, you know, but it's not really my cup of tea either. You know, mm-hmm. I've done it before where you're like all day, you're staring at a photo 
of someone that, you know, and you got to think of horrible things, you know, this guy looks <laughs> stupid and gay and, and his mom sucks alligator <laughs> cock. And it's, I don't know if it's good for your mental health. You know? <laughs> I don't know if I'm into the roast, but you know, like I said, if you haven't tried it, you should try it. It is opportunity. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I could see how easily you could slip in and, and if you're good at it, be recognized, you know, well, you and that's know, one, one of my, A, and that's one of my problems too, honestly, dude, is I don't get, I don't go to the punchline. I don't get out enough where I should be doing shit. So in my head, I'm like, well, if you're not getting out enough, I need to do more online shit. I need to keep doing more shit, make a porn. I need to keep doing more stuff to get my name out there. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So sounds like you're, you're kind of like stuck in this loop. Where like you know you need to do more, but there's like something like you don't know if it's it's online or you need to go out more. There's like something, it's almost like something that's just kind of preventing <sighs> you from doing that more. Yeah. I don't know if it's because it's just not specific enough for you yet, like what you're supposed to do. Yeah, it, that can be tough when I you mean, know when you don't know specifically what you're supposed to be doing. I'm still doing sets, you know. I am. Uh-huh. I probably did about thirty minutes this week. Yeah, you can. I mean, you get booked a decent amount. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just saying, you always can't be doing more. There's always someone doing more than you that's getting more, and I see it. So it's competitive, dude. It's not. It is. It know. is. I mean, I mean, especially in the Bay, there's a fucking a ton of us, right? And so, but I don't know. At the same time, it's like, I mean, you do what you can do. You know right. why? I guess it's just a matter of the question is, are you doing what you're capable of doing? You know what? You're absolutely right, Mike. That fired me up right there. We're not doing this to become famous. I'm not doing this for people to recognize me and stuff. I just want to do good shows. So So here's the thing with comedy is like, the famous or the one, the, the, the popular ones are the ones getting the best shows at comedy clubs. Uh-huh. That's the only reason why I want to get better at this or, you know, go up. I don't want to make a ton of, I mean, honestly, like my nut would probably be like a hundred thousand a year. I'm happy with, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I just want to do, I'm sick of doing these fucking biker bars and fucking, you know, I, I did a, I did a show at a, a, a battered women's shelter. I mean, everyone's crying. I'm like, Hey, you know, look at my, you know what I mean? <laughs> what a venue, Jesus. I, I know. So, I mean, I'm done doing these, these gigs. I, I want to do more, co- you know, comedy clubs. So I'm doing a comedy club. Uh, like in a week at Cobbs, I got a guest set eight minutes, you know, so I got to prove myself. And every time you do a club, you got to prove yourself. And, and it's, and it's tough to be asked back. Even if you bombed one set, you know, I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's I how gotta, much do you reach out to other comics? I mean, to I get on I show could, specifically. Oh, I mean, I'll reach out to people. I mean, I, I go to kind of one place right now consistently, but it's really like whoever's cool with me, I'll go to. I'm kind of sick of like putting myself out there for people. I mean, I, I still will, but I need a new clip. I, I, I'm i like, every time I do stand up, I feel like I get better. So my clip that I send out, even if it's six months old, isn't me. I'm better than that. Yeah. So you always got to be looking for a clip. 
I need to start investing money in, in my comedy, get better camera, get better quality shit. You know what I mean? Because this shit right here in the back of the room, I'll even lean it against a fucking bar glass. That's not going to, you need, there's comics that have the little, um, audio devices they put in the fucking audience that links up to their phone. And now you can hear people laugh because sometimes I'll kill in a show and then I go back to the re- recording way back here and you can't hear anything. You know, <laughs> it's like, I'm like, do I suck? Am I, you know what I mean? Am I, am yeah. I handicapped? Am I that delusional? You know what I mean? <laughs> I like go sober for a week to figure it out. So, um, yeah. There, how long have you been? How long have you been doing stand up now, Alex? Forty five years. Four to five years. No, forty five years. Oh, 45 years. Okay. No, five years. Five years. Five years. Because I think I mean I don't think that's such an uncommon goal. I think we all want to be at the club level, right? Oh yeah, yeah, think, yeah. The, yeah. This is just what drives me, dude. This is yeah. you know what I mean. But I'm seeing people at my level doing that, and well, I, I mean. Just, I guess- the thing know. is, is like, I mean, going back to this whole thing about it, you know, it's just not a pure meritocracy, right? It's not really about how good you are as a comic or how funny you are. It's uh, it's a big, a bigger part of it is just who knows you, right? Right? right. Who that's knows the, about yeah, you? That's I mean, the annoying I, part. So yeah, I mean, I and I don't say that with any malice or anything, but that is just reality, right? You know, that's right, a big part right. of it. But the the good thing is, like, at least from what I see in the Bay Area, there is a path if you want to get on that level you know san jose improv holds their monthly open mics now i know i need right? to go i need to go or you, you can do that you can go through that bullshit process they do at the san francisco punchline where you, you got to just hang out for six months every sunday for hours you're not gonna get up you gotta pay your respect like this guy's the godfather but i mean but at least there is a known process right you know to do i mean sacramento punchline <laughs> Or there's a, there's another one. I don't know if it's um. I remember if it's Laugh Factory. There's another there's another club up in Sacramento that holds regular like open mics. So you know there are there definitely are like kind of detailed paths or like carved out paths. You know to get to that level. It's just I already you want to drive down to San Jose. I already have you a know. Plan. Yeah. You you know no no you you fired me up. I'm moving to the Philippines. I'm opening up a comedy <laughs> club. I'm gonna have twenty wives. <laughs> there you go. That's no exactly sons. why I'm, I'm gonna make sure I have no sons. You know what I mean? I don't <laughs> or if I have sons, we're living in the mountains. We're not being by any yeah. beaches. Yeah, that's why I was pointing out the ways in the Bay Area so you can come over here just <laughs> build the property and be the king of comedy in the Philippines. Oh, dude, I know a guy that's a DJ. Yeah, you were telling me before. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, um, and he like, he's like dating like a model. I'm like, of course, of course. He's, I love social media. You know, I'm sitting, you know, I'm fat sitting on the toilet. This guy's hanging on the beach. He's drinking pina coladas with a Victoria's Secret model. I'm farting. Is that how you guys met? You guys were both DJs? Um, yeah, he went to the same high school as me, younger. I was kind of making music. We were all partying together and, um, he kind of, he was more in the hip hop and I was doing more like techno, which uh, okay. in the Bay area, it's more hip hop. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a ground scene for techno. Like I needed my DJing, like I would have been perfect for like, if I lived in England, 
or Germany, Germany, <laughs> you know, but then I'd go do bars around here and, it, you know, and then people were like, what the fuck? They're wearing cowboy So like, what the fuck is this? this guy yeah. Like, Bay Area is not really a techno scene. Yeah. It's a hip hop scene. You know, one black guy held a gun in my head. I was like, okay, I'm never DJing. Are you serious? No, no, no. I'm joking. Um, but I've had people hostile, like turn that fucking shit off, you know? <laughs> you know so um no but yeah i remember you were telling me yeah, uh, that you know that last show i did over there you know the idea yeah, that you had a good buddy that's been in the philippines for a while over here DJ. well he's not a good friend but I've, you know associate you know and he's just he's just killing it with the ladies well yeah yeah i mean <laughs> You know, maybe I'll come back as a young DJ and, and yeah, yeah, you, could life, easily, you, know? you could easily kill it with the ladies over here too, man. You're, you're white. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. You easily, you'd easily kill it with ladies. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, being a foreigner is like, you know, right. that gets you like 70% of the way there over here. Right. Well, yeah. the, the whole thing is, is I'm married, so I'd have to get some like, you know, boys <laughs> for my wife. Hey, go on that beach, babe. Go on that beach. <laughs> yeah, just light that lighter and the you know, like like Yeah, it's like a spa date. You know, husbands <laughs> and wives go on spa dates. This is like, yeah. you go down there, babe, and I'll be here at, you know, 1100 hours. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, the, the I Philippines, you got to get the comedy going. What time is it right now? So right now, so it's uh, it's twelve twelve a.m. Oh for me. So, so I think this is this is so easy for me to do because I'm a night out anyway. So I would have been up regardless. So like uh, this this you know podcast is a no brainer for me. Well, I think we should do a part two sometime soon. Yeah. No, I want to hear no, more no, about the Philippines. I'm I'm fascinated by just different cultures and sex workers and all that <laughs> stuff. You know? I got, I got lots of stories about that stuff. Man. I mean, I spent I spent most of my twenties here, and I you know I wasn't married yet at that time, so yeah, I, I lived out my fantasies, dude. <laughs> yeah, I should have I should have not gone to Lake Havasu. I should have gone to Manila. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know, it's funny is um. I had a buddy who's uh, his, one of his like closest friends was a pilot and they were saying that Philippines is kind of like one of the hidden secrets and like well, amongst the pilots and the stewardesses, they don't like to really put the word out because they don't, they don't want, they don't want it to get too crowded, but it's kind of one of their play, one of their favorite places to have these long layovers or stopovers, you know, it's a kind of, it's a very, Philippines is a great vacation destination. You know, if you have money and man, life is fantastic over here. I want to go to like the Hawaii of the Philippines and smoke a joint on the beach and not get killed. Is that possible? Yeah. Yeah. Like those places are like very safe now. You know, you're not going to get your head cut off anymore. Anything like that. Uh, yeah. You know, crystal clear water. Is warm, so you know, the water's Is warm. Uh, you know what? It's not, it's not, I'm sure, I'm sure you could still get a hold of it though. But from what I know, it's it's not but you know luckily the president who was killing all the the drug addicts he's no longer president anymore so oh good hey you're not gonna get assassinated i just put a handkerchief out my window and they bring me there me. you go exactly a green one a green one yeah. hey there well mike go. it was good talking to you dude i'm gonna let you hey go. thanks for having me on man yeah um, I'm, I'm petrified. I, we, we got to go to an amusement park today, my son and my wife and I were Great America. 
uh, Six Flags. Ah, Six Flags roller, is even better. Roller yeah. coasters scare me. Ah, okay. You're a uh, pussy. I didn't realize that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll go on them, but um, my eyes are closed, and I'm, <laughs> that's I'm even crazy. worse if you close your eyes, dude, because you can't worse? see what's coming. Well, yeah, it's yeah. I don't know. You might say, yeah, if that's, if that's the trick. Just keep your eyes open. At least you can see what's coming. Because I used to be scared of them too, man. I'm scared. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just you know, grow some balls. Keep your eyes open. I'll be fine. <laughs> All right. All right, Mike. Yeah, thanks for having Talk me, dude. dude. It was a blast. Thanks for being on. That was fun. All right, man. All right, Enjoy later. your time at Six Flags, dude. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Ah. Right. That's the show. Are you kidding me, guy? Um, it looks like I'm in a dungeon, doesn't it? But uh, we'll have to work on getting a different background. Thank you for listening. This broadcast is brought to you by Silver Tongue Audio. SilverTongueAudio.org is the website you need to go to. Free podcast destination. You download them, and it goes right into your ear. Life's good. My podcast is on there, Midnight in the Bay. I'm narcissist, so I gotta bring mine up first. But there's two other ones you gotta check out. The NPC podcast, non-player character podcast. It's a video game podcast. They're in the industry of video games. They know stuff we don't know yet. They like to joke around. It's a great podcast. Right there, free download at SilverTongueAudio.org, and then check out Dazed and Disturbed. It's a great podcast. The guy hangs out with Mary Jane, sh- shines a little light on dark subjects. It's great, guys. Download it. I'm out. Alex Woody. Go to my Instagram, underscore Alex Woody Comedy. Love you, guy. Bye. Silver Tongue Audio.